It's the Early Access Podcast number 58, October 12th, 2021. I'm your host, Nikki Kuehler, is here also. We have a show every week, Tuesdays, 4 p.m. PT, twitch.tv slash except for last week because I was out at Sony uh, doing some stuff that usual, was super nda As usual, crazy shit happens when we don't have a show. Yeah, there was two gigantic pieces of twitch news one everyone forgot about after the massive twitch leak i'm, yes, I'm gonna get to that exactly. in a little bit we'll get to all uh, of that i can't talk about what i did at sony last week but i want to uh reiterate on something that Kuehler already knows about me i am super harsh to i'm not i'm, I'm not unfairly but i am critical and i don't hold things back when i'm giving feedback on video games specifically there's this moment that we talk about on stream all the time where I was at a TwitchCon and I was talking to the Naughty Dog devs playing Uncharted 4, I think it was. And I was talking to one of the Uncharted 3 developers who also worked on Uncharted 4. And he said, hey, what do you think of Uncharted 4? And I said, I'm really glad you guys took out the death streak mechanic from Uncharted 3. And the guy goes, oh, I was the one who came up with that. And I said, yeah, it was terrible. Straight to his face, deadpan. Uh, and so... I eventually uh, took one of those devs, and that day at TwitchCon, uh, I don't remember if it was the same dev, maybe it was a different one, but I streamed Uncharted 4 from TwitchCon uh, with that dev at the Elgato booth. But I went back to Sony to play another game, and I they go around the table, right? And I can't talk too much about the game. And they ask for everyone's feedback, and I go last. And I am the only one who said, I fucking hated the game. I, I think my exact words were, quite frankly, I didn't like it. Uh, and I delivered a lot of very critical feedback to them where I feel like other people, when I've been in conversations with game developers before, whether it be I played a game early in their Discord because I got early access creator, a lot of people either don't give feedback, which is important. I mean, that's the whole thing with the early access podcast, right? I play a lot of early access games and it's important to give people feedback so their game doesn't come out shit because it's better to be critical before the game comes out. As long as you provide some kind of solution, don't just go out there shitting on things. As long as you can provide some kind of solution or direction or highlight what's bad in a way that's constructive, that's important because it's way, way better to hurt their feelings or deliver some critical feedback before the game comes out than it is for the game to come out and for no one to play it. That's worse. It's way worse to just not have anyone care about your game if you're a game developer. So uh, that was that was what was going on. I play a lot of early access video games, and I think that's something that is very important, especially having worked at a game company, to provide feedback and get people uh, fill out your surveys and all that. You know, people treat a lot of betas and alphas as an early preview of a game, which it is, because far in development if it's in the beta, right? But that's a part of the game development cycle where if possible, if it's within the project scope, people can pivot and change things a little bit easier than when the game is out. Anyway, that's what I was doing last week. That's why there's no show. We should be back to your regular weekly schedule. I think before the last show also, we talked about, we didn't talk about Squid Game. And I think I had either fully watched it or at least watched half of it by then. Kuehler hasn't seen it. So if you guys haven't seen it yet, for whatever reason, literally everyone's talking about it on TikTok and Twitter. I'm going to keep this relatively spoiler free i'm not going to spoil any major plot points but as i was watching through squid game the basic premise which you find out within the first 30 minutes of the first episode are people are playing games to the death uh, in order to get some money to pay off some debts that everyone has accumulated and so there's a character in the game uh, i'm not going to say who it was but i was just describing it to Kuehler. this is the only character i feel like in any show that i've actually watched and liked I've watched all the Marvel movies. Everyone kind of has their favorite superhero. Uh, I, I really kind of indifferent to all of them. But there's one character in Squid Game that I like. Keeler, what you're telling me before the show. What is? What do you think is the archetype of character in a sort of fight to the death situation that you think I like? I've given Keeler yeah, no information, by the way. The thing is, you're, you have no, you have like one archetype which is what i was saying which is the summary is just the try hard because it's literally what you are so in fiction it's usually just this character that is incredibly um 
you know, just, just determined with like kind of tunnel vision to just getting like the highest score kind of sometimes even with no real reason or something. It's not an, it's not a, like an immorality, like a supervillain cackling about how he's going to step on all of the little people to get some sort of power or some sort of like, you know, hunger for something high or some sort of prize. Sometimes it's literally just for the sport. It's, I remember this conversation when you said, if Hitler had a positive KD in Call of Duty, you'd let him on your team. That kind I of- I did say uh, that. <laughs> That kind of just complete, like, yes, that kind of immorality that was complete hypothetical, by the way, so, because obviously he has been dead since 1945, so it's not like we can test that theory. Um, that is the kind of character I'd assume you'd have, especially this kind of story, which every, this is, there's this kind of genre of fiction, it's not even new or anything, which is people playing a kind of game of some sorts that involves death. I've said it's like it goes from like Battle Royale to Saw to like any other thing that's like rich people making others suffer for their own enjoyment. Um, and there's always going to be that one person who's just kind of like gonna, he's just in it to win and is absolutely just not going to like give a shit about like kind of any other aspects of like holdbacks or like personal feelings and it's just going to go into win. And something like that would probably, I'd imagine, uh, would be kind of related to your favorite character, just depending on how they approach it. Literally, them. I gave Kuehler no information, but she's known me for, I don't know how long now, a decade. Is that, that, is, that is spot is that on. It? Yeah, no, that a is, good decade, more than a decade. That is literally spot on. One of the characters is exactly what you described. They're, they have more elements to their character than that. It's a it's a mix of it's a mix of I've known you for years and again this is like a genre not a not a specific genre but there is like archetypes of this kind of story too which I imagine there's going to be that yeah, kind of it's person. not a completely unique I, I watched Alice in Borderlands a couple months ago <laughs> that is exactly the character that I liked uh, he was my favorite character in the show and I realized actually I have actually played Squid Game in real life not the actual Squid Game the Squid Game is based on an actual thing kids play on the playground in Korea and of course I. I've only been to create at the airport. I didn't know that. But I didn't play the actual Squid Game, but one of the games in Squid Game uh, was Tug of War. Slight spoiler. I'm not going to say any more than that. But I actually played Tug of War and other games that they uh, show off in the show at church camp. I went to Catholic school for a little bit. Not like actual. It was like after class, uh, after you get baptized and I was raised Catholic. Um, I went to like church camp at one point so it was a two or three day weekend thing where our parents drove us up somewhere in like northern northern california like think like north of san francisco and we were on this hill uh, and we were hanging out with all of our classmates and we played a bunch of games throughout the weekend one of the games was literally tug of war i don't remember the incentive uh of tug of war i think maybe it was just to give us a little bit of exercise but there was another game that they played they didn't play this game in squid game but it stuck with me for a little bit so everyone was divided let's say there was 50 kids everyone was divided into groups of five so there were okay do basic math 10 teams so there are 10 teams right and all you had to do on your teams is pick a color you had to pick pick black or red and the rules were if all 10 teams picked black everyone got points if all t if all 10 teams picked red everyone lost points if some teams picked black and some teams picked red then all the teams who picked red got points and all the teams who picked black lost points right so there's one of two things one of two ways you can gain points basically everyone picks black or one person picks black at least one group and you pick red and i was the catalyst of absolute chaos at this church camp because I immediately identified that some idiot is going to be righteous and noble and and try to coordinate everyone to pick black. So I would pick red. So round one goes, I pick red. My team and a couple other teams pick red. A couple other people figured it out. And so now we're all tied for first place, right? Round two comes by, a couple people pick red again. So now my team goes up in points The people who pick black are down in points. Now, at this point, someone said, hey, everyone, why don't we all just pick black so we all get points and we all win? And I literally remember thinking, it's not about me winning. It's about you losing. And I'm 12, keep in mind, at this point. I I, I don't know if, if there's ties. I don't know what the prize is. I was told the objective is to get points. And of course, unlike Squid Game, there's, it's not a life or death situation. I don't even remember if I got like chocolate or candy at the end of it or anything. 
I like the fact, see, see, this is what I mean, when the, the one archetype you have, the fact that you don't even remember what the goal of, of winning was, except that you just, you just I wanted. I just wanted and- to win. And so everyone, I forgot if we voted or if it was randomly selected, but everyone sent a representative from each of the 10 groups to a council meeting to discuss what the next play should be, right? And I wasn't selected for whatever reason. And I told my council member, tell everyone to pick black. Tell everyone to come to a consensus, then we're going to pick red. I literally said that. So my guy goes in. I don't know what he says. He comes back, and then we cast our vote, and we cast red. And I think maybe one other team out of 10 did, but everyone else casted black. They were like, I thought we came to a consensus. I'm like, hell no. I'm I'm taking this dub. At this point, I think we're tied for first place because we're the only ones who had gotten points for every single round except for maybe like one or two other teams. So this goes on. I vote red. A couple other people vote black. They're like, what the fuck? Why are we sticking to the plan? At a certain point, I think it was round six or seven, someone stands up and they're like, I don't want to play this anymore. And I don't really know what the moral of the story was. (laughs) Like everyone can win if we work together. But if everyone gets 100 points at the end, then who really won? It's all a tie, right? So I don't know like if that's an actual win condition that could have been reached. I wanted to make sure that I had the most points and that I wasn't tied for first place. Uh, and so then at the end, one guy stood up and he was like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is stupid. A couple other people said, no, no, this game, I hate this game. Let's go do something else. Uh, and then the priest told us like the moral of the story was to work together or something like that. And I was just like, bro, I'm like, I won. Like you guys all just gave up. And so that was a little bit of a look into my character when I was 12 years old. And we played a couple other squid games, Back in uh, that church camp, I just don't remember. I'm, I'm any amazed that they made a bunch of twelve year olds do the prisoner's dilemma, and you just went straight for betrayal, yeah. just without any knowing full well what you were doing. Like you knew the you knew the moral of this game was supposed to be, and you decided I'm just gonna go I, for that. I, at this yeah, at this point I'm twelve. Like I'm young. With one archetype. Yeah. One archetype. I'm, I'm young. I'm a little stupid, but I immediately identified like what the lesson was. Right? Don't fuck other people over. But I was never punished for fucking everyone over because if everyone else tried to fuck me over by picking red, then we all would have just gone down, and then it would have been a tie. Also, so like if you pick red, the worst you can do is tie because everyone picked red, and the best that can happen is you win. If you pick black, the worst that can happen is you lose. And the best thing that can happen is you tie if you think about like a Punnett square of outcomes from that game. So the game was the game was stupid and rigged in the first place. But uh, I think at the end of the day, it was for you, a piece of chocolate or something. You didn't you didn't learn the lesson. You didn't learn the lesson from the priest, but you did seem to have really fully understood the lesson of living in the United States. Uh, pretty much. I, I'm sure it's a metaphor for uh, many different things. But uh, ultimately, uh, if I were if I were an actual squid game, I don't know how far I'd make it. Uh, but I certainly, in those kinds of social games where you have to like betray people and fuck people over, you know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Oh, there was another thing that happened. Uh, the, so the swine flu, <laughs> the swine flu it's was really one. big at the uh, time, right? When I, when we were young, Keeler. And so, yeah, I remember that. I think you told me the story, yeah, but yeah. I forgot about it. It was so a very I'm simple interested. question. It was among all these church kids, and I'm just for the record not super religious anymore. I believe in some higher power. I just have no idea what it is, and I don't think my feeble human mind can even comprehend it. Something put us all here, uh, but I have no idea what's going on. So I'm in. I'm with all these church kids, and they asked, uh, "We have 25 swine flu vaccinations, and there are 50 of you." How are you going to choose who gets the vaccinations? And I said, well, I'm going to team up with you, you, and you, and we're going to beat the shit out of everyone. We're going to get our vaccines and then just (laughs) pick whoever's left who's chill and give them the vaccine. And so I I don't even think the swine flu ended up being like deadly or anything. It's like not that big of a deal. It was pretty deadly. It was actually pretty deadly. Like it wasn't like it didn't spread as much as COVID. Like the big problem with COVID is that it's really contagious for the nature of how it works. But uh, it was kind of deadly. I have to say it was the same kind of influenza that was the Spanish flu. So, okay. You know, well, maybe it really was bad. Although nowadays, nowadays, I feel like I feel like nowadays you'd have to uh, put in the factor of how many like half of you are just not going to get the vaccine anyway. Half of you don't want it. So. 
clearly like your numbers are gonna go low. <laughs> yeah, like we've clearly found out that like most of you are probably like statistically not gonna get this vaccine. So therefore, like the numbers that you have to fight, either you don't have to fight or you just gotta get like a few of them. You gotta right? take out a couple people or like you know, it's there's some of them that are on the fence, right? Like you and I got our vaccines immediately. There's some people who don't get their vaccines until they need yes. to go to a baseball game and they want to go to a club or something, right? So I'm going first, right? And then hopefully everyone who wants to go first gets one. And then the people who are kind of on the fence, maybe a couple of them get them. But the point is that I survive. And I remember some kids standing up. And even <laughs> as I'm like 10 or 12 or whatever age I am at that time, he was like, I wouldn't get it because I couldn't stand living and seeing my friends die. And I'm like, motherfucker, we're 10. You are not that self-righteous. We have a fight or flight instinct to survive. And you're just gonna die for me. Bro, we don't even sit together at lunch. Fuck no. I'm taking you out. I'm shoving you over. I'm getting that <laughs> vaccine. There's just, there's no way you're that high and moral unless you're like a monk, which if you're a monk, you probably don't live in the East Bay of California. I don't know any monks in the area. Uh, so anyway. It'll be fair. I did not cut the line. I did not cut the line in the vaccine. I got it as soon as I could, but I didn't like fake being like disabled or yeah. something to get into it. So in, in that fairness, I was like, okay, I'm going to wait until, you know, I'm going to let people who, who really need it the most get it first. And then, but then once I was able to, I'm like, okay, then I'm just, I'm going to go right in front of the line. Screw this. Once I had my line. Yeah. I got mine. What? March when it was my turn. Uh, point is. Yeah. You had like, you had a, like a half and half with some delay when I had mine, like, as soon as there's like a notice that just said, hey, they have like extras and they're just handing them out to anyone. And I'm like, okay, time to go. <laughs> but again, now at that point, I was like worried is like, oh, are we going to run out or something? No, apparently people are just not going to take it. So, you people know, want it. That, that was the real lesson that you didn't know at the time. Anyway, uh, similar to what everyone has been saying on Twitter and TikTok lately, still shampoo on both those platforms, by the way. Squid Game is sick. The set design was particularly beautiful. I watched the behind the scenes of how they designed all their sets. And a lot of it wasn't CGI. A lot of it was actually, they practically built the set. There's a neighborhood set that they actually like took a lot of care of in building. And so I, I really liked the, the art and then the feel of that show in particular. But I'm not going to talk too much more about the story to uh, set aside all the spoilers. Anyway, next thing we're going to talk about, we're going to talk a little bit about Twitch later on, uh, but I'm going to get through a couple of smaller stories first. Roblox has banned romance in Roblox. If you go to the Roblox website and look at the community standards. I can read the, I can read yeah, the Yeah, number 11. Yeah, I can read the part, the point. Yeah, it says, so Roblox is a safe space for meeting online friends, chatting, and collaborating on creative projects, but we prohibit content that seeks or portrays romantic relationships, including animations of kissing, hand-holding, or other romantic gestures in a romantic context, and experiences that depict romantic events, including weddings, dates, and honeymoons. So I've, I've learned something. Uh, of course, this is silly, but yes. I've learned something, which is why I bring this up. Every single social game that's out there every mmo based game i'm not talking like call of duty because we just shoot at each other yell a couple curse words and then part our separate ways but every like social mmo game where there's a chat box and people are interacting and talking and hanging out has fucking and this is something i realized in in my mid-20s every mmo including games yeah, like I minecraft i learned recently has like brothels and people e-dating, e-dating is one thing, of course, like of I of all people to talk, I, of course, had one of my long-term relationships uh, where I met a girl playing Assassin's Creed multiplayer who is now my best friend. Every single MMO from like Minecraft to uh, World of Warcraft has brothels and strippers and Roblox is no exception. And they've... Okay, World of Warcraft has everything, though. To be fair, they had a they had a pandemic before even we had one properly. They did. World of Warcraft had a, an in-game pandemic. Yes, they did. Actually, it's worth looking up later. They had their own. They had like a virus. It was it was a so it was a bad like commit that they sent in in a in a new patch that ended up creating like a blood type that ended up. It's I'm sorry because I don't play World of Warcraft, so I'm sorry to describe. But like, if you kill the thing, it would like slowly start draining your health. 
so then and then like it would pass on to like other people somehow or something and so then literally like they had to like quarantine all the players and tell everyone to log off until like the thing was fixed and shit like that but then some assholes would go around infecting others if they were like a higher higher level because they could they could take the hit and then <laughs> kill others in, in the hilarious. meantime um like and then that ended up that ends up that ends up you know causing super spreader events because everyone's if people who are trying to stay in and then one asshole just comes in and just infects everyone um so yeah, like, and, and people actually like studied it. Apparently, they actually studied like the the human like uh, responses to when this happens based on how the players responded and stuff. It's worth That's looking hilarious. at corrupted blood. I think it was called like corrupted blood. Yeah, look look it up. It's an interesting story. It, every obviously from the past year, it became like a completely gained resurgence in popularity. This story because of what happened. MMOs are literally just they 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 copy real life uh, socially. In, in hilarious ways, except they're just five times more horny. Like, I've never been to a strip club in real life, but for the two hours I played World of Warcraft, I went to a brothel. I had no freaking idea that those existed. I, I just, I, I'm not an MMO kind of guy. Like, you guys all know I complain so much about even the gunsmith system in Call of Duty, which is very light grinding compared to what we did in Destiny, for example. I'm just really not into MMOs. So when my friends took me to play World of Warcraft for a little bit, like for the first hour, they're like, oh, this is the combat and this is the items. And I'm like, there's so many buttons. And I just truly don't care about the Alliance versus the Horde or whatever the fuck it is. Like, I, I just genuinely don't give a shit about any of this. So like, all right, let's take you to a brothel. I'm like, why didn't you do this first? This is by far the best part of the game you showed me, but it's still not even that good. So then I refunded it. And then the whole Activision Blizzard thing happened. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, fuck Activision Blizzard. Says the guy who's going to play COD after this. Uh, but anyway, I just thought this was a small, hilarious piece of news. They've banned hand-holding in Roblox, which, I mean, there are, of course, a lot of children who play these games, but that's... It's, a, it's because there's children, you know. If they did it in World of Warcraft, that would just be ridiculous, but I get it. There's kids here. Of, of hand-holding, of all things. That is the most milk toast level of romance that you can get to that is only like half a step higher than like putting your arm around someone's shoulder i don't know uh, they do whatever they want hilariously i've actually met some roblox devs before they were cool guys they came into the vr arcade that i worked at anyway the other small piece of news before we get into twitch being uh absolutely insane is pokemon celebrations came out and i have nothing new to report other than Lines and scalpers have been going insane, but I think Pokemon has kind of figured it out. This is a really small set of cards, so it's really easy to complete and get all the cards. So the prices are actually staying really low, like the full art Professor's Oak card. Everyone knows Professor Oak is $7. Meanwhile, Professor Magnolia, which is the same card, just different art, is like $10. So it's really cool to see that the prices are going low and that Pokemon is probably going to print this set into the ground. And so I'm really happy to see scalpers... Uh, not being successful by going out buying Pokemon product and flipping them. There's a GameStop near near me that I just dropped in like six hours after opening because I was in the area. I was driving and I had kind of a headache, so I pulled over to get some coffee. And I went to the GameStop while I was waiting for the coffee. And I walked in six hours late to open. I'm like, hey, you guys got any Pokemon? And they were like, no, nah, dude. We had like 10 boxes and there is a line of 80 people outside of the store which is absolutely ridiculous because the number of people who actually play pokemon cards pale i have never seen 80 people playing pokemon cards at like a big tournament to get like cp uh championship points for for a world's invite i've never seen 80 people at a pokemon event but i've seen 80 people line outside of a GameStop to get 10 boxes or i didn't see it but it, it was there a couple hours before that I got there. And so with Pokemon Live coming out, I'm still really excited about that. It should be coming out, I predict, within the next four weeks. I'm really excited about it. Hopefully it pulls in a couple new players because you can actually play on mobile. But uh, Scalpers going to be scalping. It's just hopefully going to be getting a lot better from going on. Okay, so I was gone for two weeks and Twitch just, just exploded. Everyone's already forgotten about this experiment Twitch is working on. And it's an experiment. They might not actually implement this across the site, but viewers can pay for discoverability on the platform. So if 
say Kuehler's watching my stream, and for whatever godforsaken reason, Kuehler decides, you know what? More people should be watching Nikki and Richard play Warzone duos. You could pay money. It's a dollar for 100 boosts and $3 for 300 boosts, something like that. Or maybe it's 3,000, 1,000, I don't know. And that'll boost your stream, so it'll be recommended in more places. And viewers can pool their pool their boosts together to get people uh, up and more visible on the website. This is an expansion of using channel points to do the same thing. You can't buy channel points. You get them for doing things like following and joining in in raids and literally just sitting around and watching the stream, which actually is a high IQ thing that I've been doing. The Stealth Shampoo Twitch channel has no rewards or it has the minimum number of rewards and the rewards that I am forced to have are as cheap as physically possible so people don't end up spending their channel points so that if I ever want to use channel points for whatever reason to boost the stream, all of my viewers have a ton of channel points because I haven't been taking channel points away from them. So that's kind of, I don't know if that's super smart on on, on my end or if that'll end up working. But boosting streams is a way to do this with actual money and not channel points. There's a ton of backlash. Everyone on Twitter hated this. And because Twitch has a mindset of just do it, experiment, and then get feedback and see if we continue pushing it. They probably saw all this backlash on Twitter and just pulled out and and maybe decided to not do it. I don't see this, if I were still a professional Twitch streamer, as a sustainable way to maintain people watching your stream. Because ultimately, it's it's not hard to get people to click on your stream. I mean, it is. Uh, very few people have even more than 10 viewers. But concurrently, it is more harder relative to that to maintain viewers. Let's look at Evolve and look at the fact that I was able to pull nearly 2,000 viewers at Evolve Stage 2 and then a month later, I can't even pull 100 playing other games. The audience retention is the difficult part of Twitch. You can network well enough to be able to hit 100 viewers every now and then to get a good host or a good raid from one of your bigger friends, which is one way I grew. It's, it's easy to get those higher view count numbers temporarily. It's hard to maintain those view count numbers. And so if you were boosting your stream and you had a thousand people watching, when you're unboosted, what do you have? 20, 10? Like you're not, if you unboosted, you're not going to be seeing numbers even half of that. Uh, viewer retention is significantly harder than getting viewers, which admittedly for some people uh, is very difficult because I do know people who've streamed for, God, 10 years and... They've never pulled more than like 15 people watching them. Uh, getting getting people in the stream and then getting people to stay on the stream is incredibly difficult. I remember transitioning from The Last of Us to Destiny and I would average about 100 people on The Last of Us and that's when I got partnered. I move over to Destiny and there were people who watched my stream every single day who I never saw again, ever. There are people who pop into this stream when I'm playing Pokemon or Call of Duty or whatever. And multiple times, this isn't even uncommon, someone will drop in and say, hey, Nikki, I used to watch you eight years ago on The Last of Us. Are you going to be playing The Last of Us 2 Factions? Because uh, Naughty Dog publicly has announced that they are working on a standalone multiplayer game for The Last of Us. People pop in and ask, Nikki, I haven't watched you in eight years, but are you playing Fact? Like, you didn't watch any of Evolve, Battleborn, Death. You didn't watch me at all for eight years. You still somehow remember me. It's Viewer retention is unbelievably difficult. Uh, on this website. And so I don't really see the value in having your stream temporarily boosted. Like I've been on the Twitch front page, which is effectively that, except I wasn't the one who paid to be on the front page. Someone else paid for my channel to be on there. I was appearing on a stream that was on the front page. That's all temporary. And maintaining viewership is, is what is actually the most difficult thing, in my opinion, on this platform. And that news is secondary. And we all forgot about it because the massive Twitch leak happened, what, like six days ago? five days ago, something like that, where the entire commit history of Twitch was leaked along with the last three years of earnings from, uh, I, th I don't know if it's all of Twitch partners or partners and affiliates, but either way, I could not scroll down low enough to find me because actually the last three years I've been retired from being a professional Twitch streamer, which is why we have the early access podcast is so I don't lose my Twitch partnership perks. So I, forced to stream myself once a week but the i literally couldn't scroll low enough to find how much twitch money i made in 
2019, 20, and 21 because I literally didn't... I literally make like nothing off of Twitch in the hundreds of dollars. I kind of wish I could see what I made back in 2016 because that was one of my most successful years where we were, we were pulling in some good money. Although they did only leak what people made off of subscriptions. They didn't leak what people made off of donations. And um, I think maybe bits also, but things like donations and sponsorships were not included. And so I wanted to actually go back before the show and take a look at what was leaked and uh, and what the numbers were. And the only screenshot that I, I saved, because they actually took it off. I think Twitch may have even gone to the uh, webarchive.org and asked for this to be taken down and they did take it down so I can't access the information anymore but the 2000th the 2000th ranked uh, streamer made $103,000 in the past was it a year? I forgot if it was year or three years that's actually a huge difference I think it was the past year is what was archived I forget I think it was yeah. Or maybe it was two years. So maybe they made 50K a year if it was 103,000. Something like anyway, that. I, I honestly don't remember. The, I didn't pay too much attention to the prices. The point is, if you look at the uh, the wealth the disparity on Twitch, right? There are, I forget how many partners. I was partner number like 2,000 or something. But I think there's somewhere around, if I were to just throw out a number, 45,000 partners. Can you, can you actually look? That's my number. That's going to be my guess, 45K. I can try to look it up. I How many Twitch partners up, yeah. are there? But if you look at partner number one, which I think was like Riot or Critical Role or something like that, where they pulled in two... Critical Role yeah, was Yeah, do you highest. remember? Was it two million yeah. in that time frame? Uh, it was like close to that, something like that. I think it was under two million, but I think it was pretty close. I wish we can access uh, the archive, but they t- literally took it down. They pulled two million. In first place, they pulled in two million, while 2,000 pulled in... 103,000 in that same time frame. The wealth disparity on Twitch is absolutely insane. When you think about the number of partners and two, I mean, 2,000, like $100,000 if that was like 50K a year, that's pretty good. That's that's a solid job unless you live in California. 50,000 does not make it that far. <laughs> um, but if you live in South Dakota or something like that, you're probably fucking rolling in it, right? But when it when you look at like the top earners, they're pulling in millions, and then you look at like the two thousandth ranked person, and they're pulling in a hundred thousand in that same time frame, and then you look at me, and I'm pulling in, you know, hundreds of dollars off of Twitch. The wealth disparity of Twitch, like how much people at the very very top are making, and then how much people who you think are successful are making, is such a huge gap between those two people. Uh, it, it's not very even is what i wanted to point out and also they also okay, it looks like uh, i want to say it looks like there's like so the latest stats said like twenty seven thousand, but that was like years ago and so i saw one site that claimed fifty one thousand partners which seems more aligned to your number but i haven't seen like where they got that number so take that as you may but there's only it's 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 tens of thousands. We're not even in the hundreds of thousands of partners, which is pretty small compared to how big Twitch is as a platform. I think so. The the hundred thousand number I was reading earlier, I think that was across two years. But let's let's say let's say for the sake of argument, it was one year, right? So the two thousandth ranked streamer, let's say they're making a hundred thousand a year. I think it was across two years, so it might be fifty k. But let's just say for the sake of argument, they're making a hundred thousand a year, right? Which is pretty good. Now, you got to keep in mind, Kuehler and I are Californians. So when you say I make $100,000 a year, that's not, that's good. You're, like, you're, you're living in the Bay Area, but it you are. It is good. It is good. Not to get into that discourse yeah. of like, oh, you're not rich or something. No, it is It is a lot of money and it is livable in the Bay. And the problem is that like 100K will let you live comfortably somewhat in the Bay Area. It, which like anywhere else would just make you like filthy rich or something. That's, that's really the difference yeah. here is that it, yeah. But so let's say you are streamer number 2000 and you are making 100,000 off of just subs a year. We're not counting like sponsorships and all that stuff also, right? You're making a good amount of money to live in the Bay Area, right? I don't subs and bits and gifts. I don't know what percentage of their income. It depends on how skillful they are at navigating sponsorships and uh, what other perks they may have and long-term contracts and how successful their YouTube channel is or how successful their TikToks are and how they're monetizing other platforms and if they're on Patreon or Fan House or all that stuff, right? 
But that's that's streamer number two thousand, right? That, those are those are numbers. So streamer number two thousand making at least a hundred thousand, right? But there are fifty thousand partners. What? Where? Where is that gap of like? Okay, so let's say it comfortable to live where you are is like fifty k total. What streamer number is that? And I bet you that's not even like half. That's more than halfway up, right? So if there are fifty thousand streamers. I bet you only like 10,000 of them are living on a comfortable salary off of professional online content creation, right? There's such a small percentage and that's of Twitch partners. So, right. Then if you look at affiliates and then you look at all of Twitch, such an unbelievably small percentage of people are making what I would consider to be a reasonable salary to survive on this platform without a second job. Of course, when I was a professional Twitch streamer, I was going to college at the same time. So I was making a little bit of money and I was paying for college and it was relevant experience that got me uh, to, to have some other opportunities in life. So that was fine. But if you look at the actual percentage of people who can truly live off of being on Twitch and, and making content full-time professionally, I think it is a lower percentage of people than what the general public realizes. There is this survey that I think people took of elementary school students, and they're like, what is the most popular thing that children want to be in the year 1990? And it was like astronaut or firefighter or doctor or things like that, right? And when they took that survey again in 2020, it was like vlogger or YouTuber. And it's such a small percentage of people who are able to make it, but they're highly visible, right? That's the thing. They're super visible because they're literally entertainers and you're sitting around consuming their content all day that people don't realize that it's such a small percentage of people who actually get there. Yeah, although I do think like there's also a replacement to the sense of, yeah, Twitch streamers like becoming one of the big things kids want to be when they like become as a profession. But also I think it's kind of replacing what used to be like sports star or movie star or something like the big names of those professions which are also incredibly small if not smaller like the amount of professional athletes i think that really make like good amount of money is probably less than even that ten thousand, depending um so it might be something like that too like i think because people who grew up on movies and television wanted to be like those big name stars and now what they're watching is is twitch and youtube and they want to be like those people. They're usually lavish too. Like the the biggest ones normally kind of show off the wealth a little bit, kind of like old celebrities used to. And so it makes it appealing, but then you kind of forget that there's only like a few of them that can actually do that. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right, Kilo. This is like if I were if this were the eighties, I'd be like, everyone wants to be a rock star and you're not gonna be able to do it. Yeah, you wanna be you wanna be Bon Jovi, but you're really you're just gonna end up being in a bar. If that, <laughs> most yeah. likely. So, uh, yeah, if only I probably you can probably get a bar gig. It's not too tough in the eighties, but yeah, like you're not going to be in the playing a stadium. You might, but like by all means, go for it. But the the odds are tough. There's only so many stadiums out there. Yeah, yeah, and there's so many. There's so few people who end up being on the radio. Of course, they end up playing the same same freaking songs over and over. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's always like this like a loop factor too, right? Like the same. You know, like the radio will play every new Imagine Dragon song or something. So it's not like like when that song goes away, it goes away. It'll just be another one. Yet another freaking Imagine Dragon song on the radio. But so this was. <laughs> I specifically chose that because I know what offends I, I hate you. Imagine Dragons. This is they say part one of the Twitch leaks that are coming. So there is reason to believe there there would be a part two, and it has been verified as a legit leak. And they said, "I th- where was this posted, Kilo? Do you remember? Was it 4chan? It, I think it was 4chan. I believe it was the technology board of 4chan or the video game board of 4chan. It might have been the video game board, actually. But it was somewhere on 4chan. And they said that they posted this because Twitch is a cesspool and they wanted other creators to rise yeah, up. I've talked, yeah, something like and, that. Which is good. I, I believe competition is good. There's people. It's very, very public now. That I remember when I was streaming The Last of Us, I just wouldn't say what the share was because I don't think I mean like two thousand people, there are two thousand partners, right? Like two thousand partners knew what the share was. It was fifty percent goes to Twitch, fifty percent of subs goes to you. And keep in mind, back in my day, that was the only thing you got from Twitch. We didn't get bits or gifted subs or any of that stuff. 
Yeah, you got out at a bad time in some ways. I know it wasn't like intentional. Yeah, but. it was much harder to monetize back in my day. Yeah, if you had shifted it a few years later, you probably like in in peak of all of yours or something. If there were bits, if there were donations, if there were like like all these like fancy links and connections into the site, I would be a significantly different person if bits and gifts were when I existed when I was popular on Twitch. I would, I may have kept going. I I, re, I like what. There's a, a streamer who said being a Twitch streamer is just trading your mental health for money or something like that. And some people just, some people are more resilient or they, they can recharge their batteries faster than other people. And at a certain point, I could not recharge the mental damage that came from talking to people on the internet daily. It wasn't worth the amount of money I was making. And then Evolve crashed and I was just like, I'm out. But if bits and gifts did exist when I was pulling a thousand viewers at the time, right? I, I may have been able to be like, wow, I, I actually literally have savings from this month. And I can roughly estimate now how much I would make next month if that guy doesn't come in and drop $100 straight into my PayPal through a donation, right? Because he has now a reoccurring tier three sub. We didn't even have tiered subs at the time. I think I would be in a significantly different place. Oh yeah, that's true. Actually, one thing that I have been working on so with Pokemon Live, I really wanted to get back into like making Pokemon videos and I have ideas for decks and, and how to format the videos, but I just, I really just not motivated. I, I don't like streaming and YouTube anymore. Like, especially streaming. If I sit down and play Pokemon, I'm like, oh, I should stream. They're like, nah, I don't want to sit around and talk while I play. I'm just going to listen to some music or listen to a podcast while I play cards on my own. Like, I don't want to make it a spectacle, right? But what I have been enjoying is I downloaded DaVinci Resolve, and I, so I've been learning a new editing software. Finally, I'm off of Sony Vegas. I don't know if you guys have heard. I don't know if this is a true story, but there's a teacher that taught for like 10 years, and he didn't actually know how to read or write or something like that. That was me. Yeah, that, that was me going through editing school. I actually only know the very basics of Adobe Premiere and After Effects, and I went through like all of college just taking my projects home and using Sony Vegas, which is a significantly weaker tool, especially because it can't do a lot of things After Effects can do. So I, I picked up DaVinci Resolve, which is free. That's uh, a great editor. I mean, After Effects is powerful, but Premiere, like, uh, Premiere is, is a powerful tool, but like, in many cases, it's like, are you, especially as like a student, are you Using, really yeah. making something that demands that power? It's, it's like, yeah, it's often a thing I have when people are like, I need to get Premiere or I need to get Final Cut or something. And it's like, okay, if you want to for like training or if you just want to learn it, but like, do you really need it to cut like your Call of Duty montage or yeah. something? Like you can very easily just get like, not even Vegas Pro, you can literally just get like the the cheaper down the line that costs like a $60 or something of Vegas or something you can literally pay for it and not even deal with the key mm -hmm. generator on, people do I think these it was days on the Humble Bundle. which i actually did once and it's fine yeah and and it's like and, and it's perfectly fine it'll it'll probably like do you for any, anything and it's you'll probably even learn more if you learn to do like if you learn to actually utilize fancy things in vegas rather than necessarily use premiere than to use all of their methods and that they have there i mean if you if you graduate to a bigger platform yeah learn premiere eventually if you're gonna like go professionally but even then like yeah just do whatever you want yeah, we're on week like five or six of me being unemployed so i'm like oh let me teach myself something and i really enjoy video editing i mean that's literally why i went to school for it and in vegas i wanted to learn resolve actually i wanted to learn yeah. resolve but it wouldn't install on my computer oh, so that was the end of that <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it wouldn't, like, it requires very, very specific setups for, I mean, I'm on Linux, by the way, for those who forgot, but it requires, like, a very specific setup, and I apparently did not have it, so it just would never start, and at some point, it's like, I have to edit this video, and I'm not gonna spend, like, a week fighting with Resolve to turn it on when I can just get something else. So I got something else. Yeah, so I've been unemployed for, like, six weeks, and, and like you said, Vegas was good enough, like, the craziest thing I did was keyframing and tracking things. I'm not doing anything super fancy. You do a little bit of color correction, you know, split clips and you can get any like, you know, silly Pokemon deck review video done. So I've been learning DaVinci and I started making TikTok. I don't, have you watched any of them, Killer? I've, I put previews in discord.gg slash shampoo where we drop updates about the Early Access podcast. I th I think I saw the second Richard one. I've, I've been like... 
I haven't seen the they, other one. Those took me like four hours to edit. And I realized that's not a good way to do TikTok. You should not be producing content that takes four hours to edit because it needs to be quick. It needs to be consumable and you got to get a lot of it out. It's it's quantity over quality, right? But I just really enjoyed it. Right, uh, I added a right. lot of subtitling and like I have everyone who's speaking represented by a different character. Uh, so like Bra's a Canadian flag. I'm a picture of me. Uh, Richard's the CDL, like competitor skin from Cold War. Yeah, I and see so that. I, I worked really hard on a lot of those. And I actually enjoy making TikToks, and I haven't released them yet because I'm kind of trying to get a backlog going. Uh, hopefully by the end of Wednesday, I'll have three ready to go. But uh, I, I would like to start releasing TikTok content again because we had exactly one that did really well. I think it had like seventy thousand views, and it brought me from like ten followers to like almost fifteen hundred. Uh, and I, I really like the TikTok format because a you interact with the comments. And the comments on TikTok that I've gotten on the on my other popular videos were overwhelmingly positive. They were all super positive. Like every single one, I think 500 comments or something like that, every single one was was positive or, or very friendly, which is unbelievable to me coming from Twitch. So I really like that. And you, oh, you interact with them on your own time and uh, you only have to interact with the ones that are good. Like you don't have to talk about... I want to be honest, dude. Over the course of my years on Twitch, some of you motherfuckers have come to my chat and just you just tell me about things I do not give a shit about. Like, bro, I I just look, man. I I know I know your girlfriend broke up with you, buddy. But like, don't don't come drop that on me every day. Like any other any other streamer knows what I'm talking about. You just have some guy come in and be an absolute drag, or he's a little bit of a creep. I, I have some female friends who I watch, and I'll pop into their streams, and I'm like, this dude, he's not crossing the line. But he's fucking weird, and and she has to talk to him. I know exactly the type you, that right? you mean too. And she has to talk. Yeah, to him. like you can tell, like there's they're not crossing any lines, they're not breaking any boundaries. But you can tell it's like they w- wish they could. Not 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 in the like unconsensual way, but you could tell they're like they're trying to to charm their way into something when they you really shouldn't do that from that position he is not in a position to parasocial yeah, he's, he's not in a position to, to get anything done and so with tiktok comments right it, it's i mean i've i'm not gonna lie like half of my for you page is hot asian chicks doing dances because tiktok very quickly identified that i'm a straight male but th- those comments are weird uh, I like the interacting with the comments on TikTok for me because they're they're overwhelmingly positive. I kind of just edit what I want. Um, I like the storytelling aspect of it too, right? What's interesting to me, and I think one of the reasons battle royales are, are so interesting, is because of the story based aspect to it. Like we were talking about Squid Game, the story of who's making it through, right? In a battle royale, like oh, how they clutch up that fight, or like how are they going to approach this next zone right there's kind of a story to it that while I love Cold War multiplayer the multi Cold War multiplayer is us just beating the shit out of people there's no story it's Nikki and Bra <laughs> hold a lane down and the other team can't move that's the story also i never remember that one that one H1Z one we saw at TwitchCon yes 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 taking speaking about stories Again, like the one showing up from nowhere in his car just to drop a grenade or something yeah. and then dip. Like, CNNers, oh, yeah. Which he, like, disappeared. He disappeared for, like, ten minutes of the game. No one knew, like, no one was watching him. He just, like, kind of faded away. And then just, sh- like, it's like a major showdown happening between two different players who I also forgot who they were. And, like, you're wondering who's going to make it. And then all of a sudden one of them just explodes. And the camera turns and you see CNNers in this little, like, Humvee driving away. Yeah. Like, that, that's that's the kind of twist you can get from, like, actual storytelling, not, like, spontaneous video gaming. Yeah, I really like CNRs. I'm really part of, the, like, the old-school YouTube scene. And CNRs is, like, a really old-school Call of yeah. Duty YouTuber. We started streaming on Twitch again. And I didn't know he was playing in that tournament we were watching. So when I saw him, like, kill the guy who the camera was focused on <laughs> by, like, just dropping a grenade out of the Jeep and running away, there was also Dr. Disrespect versus Soda Poppin'. Dr. Disrespect was, like, talking a bunch of shit. I think it was Soda Poppin'. And then they get into a firefight, and Dr. Disrespect, like, whiffs, like, 12 shots, and Soda Poppin' just pops him. And Soda Poppin' was, like, in the middle of a field. And that was a hilarious uh, uh, unraveling of the story also. <laughs> and so I like telling those stories on TikTok through through video editing because 
instead of just watching it on a live stream and and seeing it as it unfolds, I can pick the best points and like whoever made a funny quip, I can take the funniest quips out of everyone's little quips and and really focus on that and focus on telling a narrative rather than have it just unfold as as it happens, you know, and their lulls and all that. Like TikTok is just the highlights. And so I really enjoy editing those and I'll probably be releasing some soon. Who knows if I'll do it for forever, but I already have two in the queue and I'm working on a third one. And uh, that's the reason we're actually hopping off the Early Access podcast in a little bit to uh, farm for more content because it has been particularly popular and, and maybe it'll be my my angle. Uh, even though I really like Pokemon and Pokemon is the thing that I play the most, opening cards is more popular than playing by a lot. And I don't have the money to be opening 100 packs a day, you know? And I also don't care to open 100 packs a day. You know how much trash? It's also a bit tired. It's also a bit tiring. I couldn't imagine, like, making a career off opening. I mean, maybe if I was making tons of money from it, but, like, it feels feel very boring to be editing, like, oh, here's me opening this card, and then I got a fake reaction, and then yeah. I edited that together. Yeah, it feels dull. Whereas at least you have, like you said, you have a story. Each, each, I mean, the reason I like playing Call of Duty, which is not a franchise I really care too much about, is because like Richard moments and other moments and shit like yeah, that. Opening cards. I, I'm, I'm like really over opening cards. One of my friends actually bought me some packs and I kept the cards, but I let all my other friends open the packs because they still get the thrill of like, you know, opening packs. I'm like a, a little drug addict, right? You just need more and more. Like your tolerance goes up and up and up until I have like 100% tolerance now. Because with opening cards, there's a lot of trash. There's wrappers everywhere. And then you have to store, like, there's only one card in a pack you ever care about. It's the hit. And so all the other ones now I have to sort and organize and then give away. And it, there's just a lot of trash involved. And I, I, I'm, not, I'm not the kind of guy I think people realize after watching me for a very long time. I, I'm not going to play up a reaction. If something's legitimately hilarious or epic, I'll be like, oh, my God, what the fuck? But if I open, like, a, a $2 Mewtwo then I just really don't care that much. Anyway, uh, I'm going to get going. Thanks for watching the Aerial Access Podcast. Check us out on Spotify and iTunes and Tuesdays at twitch.tv slash Shampoo. 4 p.m. PT. It's Pino Sneakum Stell Shampoo. Kula's been here also. Thanks for watching the stream and we will see you guys all next week. <laughs>